You're listening to the Armchair Cricket Podcast. Hello, everyone. You're listening to the Armchair Cricket Podcast, a podcast focusing on test cricket by armchair critics of the game. As you might know, the latest edition of the Cricket World Cup has just begun today after uh, what has been a long wait of four years. Um, So uh, this episode will be a special digest where we cover today's events and news. Uh, But before we begin, uh, as always, we would like to thank all our listeners for their support do continue to listen to us and spread the word about our podcast to your uh, cricket-loving friends. Please subscribe to our podcast uh, in case you haven't done this already uh, on whichever platform you listen to us on, be it uh, Podbean, Apple Podcast, Spotify, CastBox, or anything like that. Do not forget to leave us a rating and uh, provide your feedback. You can reach out to us by email. Our email address is armchair.cricket at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at armchaircrickpod. We're also active on uh, Facebook. You can find links to all these uh, social media channels, you know, uh, in the in the description below. Um, now then, without further ado, let me welcome my co-host, Ajit. Hello, Ajit. How are you, man? Hi, Giri. I'm doing good. Well, the much-anticipated event is underway. Yeah, right? yeah, 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 absolutely. I think uh, it will take center stage in our lives. You know, the other things like work and other things will just flow past us. And I'm yeah, hoping, you know. Yeah. I think everything will revolve around uh, the World Cup cricket at the moment, right? Pretty Uh, much. mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. So, did you see today's match, uh, Giri? The first match, the World Cup opener. It was a real humdinger because, Mm -hmm. well, uh, having batted first, England made what can be considered as a subpar 3-11 for 8. I mean, I know what I'm saying is sounds very, Mm -hmm. you know, very heavy. But uh, Mm -hmm. for this England team, 3-11 for 8 in on an oval pitch seems yeah. like a bit subpar, right? Mm-hmm. So, batting first, uh, South Africa won the toss and inserted England in. And batting first, England got off to a, a you know a stodgy start right away because Faf Duplessis introduced Imran Tahir and he got uh, Jim, uh, Johnny Besto out. But uh, Jason Roy and Joe Root built a solid plat- partnership. They've added uh, you know 106 run partnership, but they both scored 50s. But then they got out very close after each other. Mm-hmm. That meant Owen Morgan and Ben Stokes had to get together and again build another platform, which they did very effectively. Mm-hmm. And they added another 106 runs. So at which stage Owen Morgan was dismissed. right? And then uh, a bunch of wickets kept uh, falling. I think uh, the South African bowlers did a wonderful job, especially Ingidi, who came back well for uh, 3 for 66. Imran Tahir finished for 2 for 61. And Kagiso Rabada was a bit costly towards the end. He finished with 2 for 66. But just a couple of team contributions here and there. And Ben Stokes held the innings together with an 89 of 79. And he was dismissed mm-hmm. in the 49th over. Mm-hmm. So this 3-11 for 8 seemed like England half and puffed their way there. But when it came uh, for South Africa to bat, so, Hashim Amla was earlier on rattled with a bouncer by Jofra Archer. He was really bowling like the wind today. And uh, he had to wa- uh, walk out of the stadium to you know, take a breather, so to say. But uh, Quinton de Kock uh, hung on. He made a useful 68. And Makram showed some promise early on, but he was out for 11 and Faf Duplessis for 5. Then it fell back on uh, Henry van der Dusen. 
who was one can say was controversially included in the squad ahead of somebody like David Miller, but he made a very fighting 50, 50 of 61 balls. And then he had no support from the middle and the lower middle order. So JP Dumini made eight and Wayne Pretorius one. But uh, Andile Pahlu Khwayo made 24 and Kagiso Rabada 11. But upon the fall of, I think, uh, uh, Andile Pahlu Khwayo's wicket, Hashim Amla walked out and he tried to steady the ship again. But uh, he couldn't do much either. And he was out for 13. And as a result, uh, South Africa were all out for 207. And uh, I think England finished very comfortably Mm-hmm. Uh, winners on this game by more than 100 runs. Jofra Archer, who I said earlier was already very impressive, yeah. took 3 for 27 in 7 overs. And Adil Rashid took 1 for 35. Moin Ali, 1 for 63. Liam Plunkett, 2 for 37 of 7 overs. And Ben Stokes, the man of the match, was two for, who he took 2 for 12. And uh, to go with his 89, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you were mentioning to me off air about his wonderful catch, Kiri. Uh, I think you saw it uh, live, didn't you? Uh, no, actually, I ca- caught up with it uh, with highlights. I couldn't watch this whole match uh, live, but All I did right. catch a glimpse of uh, Joe Farage's fire uh, at the oh. beginning of the innings, uh, uh, South African batting. Uh, I did see yeah. uh, Hamla, uh, Hashim Amla uh, being rattled by that uh, quick bouncer uh, from Joe Farage. Uh, it was 90 plus miles an hour. And, uh, you know, Joe Farage has this languid, casual action, but he clocks up so much pace. He was bowling consistently in excess of 90 miles per hour mm-hmm. uh, you know, mm-hmm. in this match. Uh, he was right. probably a bit too hot to handle. I think he's going to be such a huge factor for England. Uh, they have such an amazing bowling lineup now. So much of firepower mm-hmm. there. Um, so that was about Amla. Uh, so uh, it was sorry to see that man go because Amla is, you know, he's, he's used to playing on such fast wickets against bowlers of that kind of pace. But even he got uh, <laughs> a bit, uh, you know, I think he was caught off guard for, by that uh, steep bounce uh, from Archer. But mm, uh, mm. talking about Ben Stokes' catch, this was amazingly good. I think uh, it was Pekhlo Huayo who, who played against, uh, was that Adil Rashid or Moinali? I don't remember the bowler. Ah, uh, ah. He, he had a swipe at it uh, and it went to deep mid-wicket. And yeah. uh, this, you know, the, normally you would not expect a fielder uh, to catch a ball when it's going over his head. you know, But... Ben, Stoke, mm. ben Stokes leapt up like a goalie, goalkeeper. Uh, right. And he was jumping towards his left side with his right arm up in the air. And mm. the ball managed to stick in his hand. Yeah, I wow. mean, this must have been one of the catches. This probably will be one of the best catches of this tournament. And we have just mm. begun. So I think uh, Ben Stokes was so good with the bat. He made that 89 runs, which turned out to be a, a huge difference uh, when it came to the total score that England had in the end. He studied the shape as well as he had that partnership with uh, Owen Morgan, right? So, And then he got two wickets with the ball uh, and also this amazing catch at deep mid-wicket. Um, so deservedly the man of the match, don't you think? Right, right, right. Yeah, of course. And uh, yeah, you more or less covered uh, what I wanted to say because, you know, Jofra Archer, six years ago, when he was still a 17-year-old, mm. you know, youngling, so to say, he mm. sent out a bunch of interesting tweets. Things like uh, he was warning batsmen to buy two helmets, they'll be required. Right? Huh. Wow. And uh, a bunch of other, what would seem like bravado for a 17-year-old, but he's following through on that as a 23-year-old playing for England. Right, mm-hmm. he's actually following through on all of those things. So, uh, on Twitter, uh, we saw a couple of these tweets uh, retweeted from t- 2013. These are all his tweets from 2013 and 2014. He's actually following up on his promise. This is fantastic, right? Yeah. What I saw was um, he was so fast. I think at some point in time, they measured the time it takes 
it is uh, the batsman gets from the moment the ball leaves Jofra Archer's hand. It is 0.473 seconds. Yeah. So it's half a second. So that basically means, you know, you've spotted the ball just about the time it hits your bat or around the time. So that's very tough to play. But of course, he also went for runs. It's not like he can't be taken for runs. But, you know, um, England seem to have done the right thing, including him, right? Kiri? Yeah, absolutely, man. I think we were rooting for this guy to mm. be part of this English squad. Uh, they have done the right thing. Uh, kudos to Ashley Giles uh, and uh, the ECB for, uh, you know, speedily tracking him into this uh, squad. I think it's it, it looks so much different now. The batting is good, but the bowling is magnificent at the moment. Excellent. Of course, a bit of bit of credit to the South African bowlers as well. Yeah. Right. I mean, uh, we were discussing off air. It looks like the pitch has a bit of bounce here, and uh, they were able to utilize that and bowl a lot of cutters on this pitch, Kiddy. Mm, yeah. So I think uh, Faf Duplessy said in this uh, post-match uh, press conference or post-match uh, interview that uh, if you bowled cutters, they stuck in the wicket, and it was difficult right. to score or runs off them. But if you also bowl fast, like Jofra Archer did, it was also a, uh, very difficult to uh, play, uh, you know, play such uh, pace. Of course. Well, I mean, based on the performance, we see a couple of small problems here. First of all, the South African middle order. I mean, Henry Van der Dusen did his bit, Henry Van der Dusen, right? He is Rasi Van der Dusen. That's his name. So he did it really well. And I think he deserves another go. But I think uh, somebody like J.P. Domini and Wayne Pretorius may come under a bit of pressure here because Wayne Pretorius um, went for a runner ball in the middle overs. He didn't do anything special. Basically, what cost England, uh, what cost South Africa is that the bunch of platforms they were able to let England build. Mm -hmm. They were able to strike and even though they got a couple of wickets quickly, they allowed another platform to be built. And then Ben Stokes, of course, played a very special innings. Right? I was seeing on Twitter, this was his highest innings since about April 2017 because... Um, he had scored 100 then and they were all rooting that he scores another 100. So, I was actually listening to our friends Guerrilla Cricket uh, part-time uh, whenever, uh, you know, my parents wanted to watch something on TV or whatever. Mm -hmm. And um, so, as a result, it was very interesting that um, they were all rooting that he gets 100. But he missed out. He was unfortunate. But I think his innings was, uh, you know, uh, very well made. And that really showed, uh, you know, uh, that... Uh, even a 310, 320 sort of a total. You know, we were all talking before the World Cup. Yeah. The scores will go past 400. 350 is the average score, whatnot. Yeah. Even on as, you know, as uh, placid a pitch, if I may use the term, as the oval, uh, even a score of 310, 311 could be defended through yeah. good bowling, right? Yeah. Yeah. Good wrist spin and also good uh, proper pace. So these yeah, two things were the... Yeah, great. Yeah, but I think uh, South Africa also missed uh, the experience of Dale Stein because he didn't play. He didn't play uh, in this match. He, I think, he's still recovering from an eagle. Yeah, yeah, if I'm yeah. not wrong. Um, so with the bowlers of the likes of Engidi, Rabada, and Pakhlokwayo, and even the part timers like Dumini or Makram, uh, who mm. bowled today uh, right. alongside Tahir, of course, mm. I think they probably need that experience of uh, Dale Stein. He he will bring, uh, I think, that experience, and it will probably. Uh, Add to this, uh, you know, add to their strength. Uh, right now, uh, I think their batting seems to be in a bit of a bother. I think uh, if uh, Amla and Quinton de Kock don't give them the starts that they need, yeah, they yeah. They, they, they 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 didn't really have any kind of momentum of the order. I think that's what cost them this match, to be honest. All right. Now you're right. So they need to do something. One, they need a strong start. Or they need to lay a platform for themselves, just like how England did, even though they lost Bairstow early. Uh, what do you think of that move to introduce a wrist spinner? 
I think that's a masterstroke. Right. That's a masterstroke because I think England expected that South Africa would come up with two quicks, uh, like Engidi and Rabada on either side. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, Jason Roy and uh, Johnny Besto like pace. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they go after the fast bowlers like we've seen them all these uh, months. Uh, so to have a change of pace right up the order, I think it was a masterstroke uh, from Pap to Plessy. But uh, and Tahir himself was very effective, right? I think he got two wickets as well, uh, in, including that uh, wicket of Johnny Besto. So mm. let's see how this uh, shapes up in their uh, next match. Right. All right. Uh, that was a very good beginning for the World Cup. And, well, could this be then uh, Ben Stokes' World Cup rather than somebody like Josh Butler, Kiri? It could well be. I think he's long due, right? I, you just mentioned uh, it, it, this 89 was his uh, highest score in two years now, right? So, mm-hmm. he's probably peaking. He's starting to peak. You might well... Uh, I mean, I think Yuvraj Singh had a very good World Cup in 2011. He was also a left-hand, left-handed batsman with uh, left-arm... You know, right. spin, whatever. Mm-hmm. Lance Klusner, 1999 World Cup. Again, right. another another left-hander. Left-handed batsman, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, this might be a World Cup of the all-rounder. I think All right. might well be there. Up, might well be up there. All right. All right. All right, then. Coming to see uh, the other news that is surrounding the World Cup. Um, we saw that, you know, Jaivardhana was offered a role. Mahela Jaivardhana was offered a role by Sri Lankan cricket. Uh, with the Sri Lankan team at the World Cup and he has politely declined it. Uh, what are your thoughts on this, Kiri? Well, I think, I, I don't know. I mean, uh, I don't know the full details about this, but ah, ah. Um, Sri Lankan cricket, uh, especially the administrative part, I think is has always been a bit in a bit of a disarray. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't know if he will add stability to that or if he can make any changes there. Maybe his voice will not be heard even if he gets that... Uh, uh, mm. Role, right? Uh, so, right. And I think he's he's done well at uh, Mumbai Indians, for example. He's he's been yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's ah, he's been twice a good Yeah, of course. Yeah. So, why change that? Maybe stay with what he uh, he's good at. Mm, mm, mm. The short-term roles, right? Freelance, right? All right, that's one thing. Well, uh, when we look at some of the other off-field news, right? Uh, we read that Kevin Robertson the former Australian off-spinner who played four tests for Australia in the early 2000s, right? I think he even had a test against India, if I'm not wrong, right? He's fighting brain cancer, we hear, a very aggressive sort of brain cancer. So, it's a bit uh, unfortunate to read this sort of news, but uh, we wish Mr. Gavin Robertson all the best in his fight against this deadly disease, right? Then, uh, of course, something that we were sort of expecting, uh, the conflict of interest charges against Tendulkar have been summarily dismissed following his response and the tete-a-tete with uh, the BCCI in the form of some legal documents and whatnot. So, therefore, it has been summarily dismissed. Also, um, PCV, Pakistan Cricket Board, has proposed to host Sri Lanka later in 2019, you know, as a part of the World Cricket uh, Test Championships that uh, will begin at the end of the World Cup. I think uh, this might be a good idea if Sri Lanka can be the team that breaks uh, Pakistan's, you know, uh, this duck, if I may put it like that. Uh, when it comes to receiving teams to visit them and play in Pakistan. It would be a good gesture if Sri Lankan cricket can take up this offer. And uh, I think it's a two-test series uh, that has been proposed, one in Lahore and one in Karachi, and a bunch of ODIs. So it will be really good if Sri Lanka can uh, take this up and you know people start playing, uh, visiting and playing in Pakistan. And this will be very good for the Pakistan crowds as well as the Pakistan team. Right. 
So uh, the last important news that I thought I can highlight is that uh, SACA, the South African Cricketers Association, has sued Cricket South Africa about the restructuring of the first class tournament. So there have been a revamp uh, about the domestic game. And uh, basically, uh, they have sued at the Johannesburg High Court, calling CSA to show cause why its decision to revamp the domestic game should not be reviewed and set aside. So the SACA's board members were actually not very happy about the proposed restructuring uh, of the domestic game for the upcoming season. As a result, they are planning to challenge this. This is one of the other, let's say, slightly important uh, news that's coming up. I was also reading another thing. Um, you know, ACO's, uh, the the person in charge of ACO, uh, the anti-corruption unit of cricket, of course, from ICC, uh, gave out a statement before the World Cup saying that uh, this will be the toughest World Cup for those people who will be planning on betting or spot fixing and those not. So they are saying that they're having a lot of, let's say, things planned to cap uh, to capture these sort of uh, you know crooks and so on so we'll see if you know this can be a really clean world cup that's also a very good thing for us all right then um if we quickly visit the trivia question from last week the trivia question from last week was that which was the last multi-team odia tournament won by the west indies so the answer to this question may surprise or disappoint a few of west indian fans the last tournament won by West Indies, which was a multi-team tournament, was the Associates Tri-Series in Canada in 2008. Since then, West Indies have never won a tournament in which there have been more than two teams. That is more than bilateral, right? If we look at which was the last tournament they won, where all the competing nations were full member nations. This was Champions Trophy 2004, where Courtney Brown and uh, I think Ian Bradshaw took West Indies to victory. But outside of that, West Indies have not won a tournament. So let's hope... This World Cup 2019, as big a fan of India as I am, can be West Indies tournament. You know, they can go on and win this. All right. Now, if you were to look at the trivia question from this week, I think, uh, Giri, you came up with a wonderful trivia question for this week. And uh, let's use it. So, in 1999, that is the 1999 World Cup, which were the countries that hosted the World Cup matches apart from England? So... Uh, this this is a slightly tricky question. So those that I've actually followed the World Cup matches in their schedules will know we are looking for something specific here. Let's see if uh, how many people can get the answers right. Right. All right, then uh, we have covered all the points we have on the agenda for today. And uh, well, all that remains is to thank our listeners and our supporters who have been listening to us and writing to us. Please continue doing that. Get in touch with us via Twitter, right at Armchair Quick Pod or via our Facebook page where we know post occasional quizzes and polls also you can write into us at armchair.cricket at gmail.com and so on and so on right so all these links are available in the in the podcast description so don't hesitate to get in touch with us right having said all that it's a goodbye from me and it's a goodbye from him bye bye you're listening to the armchair cricket podcast 